Michaela, as everyone knows by now, Queen Elizabeth II passed away yesterday in Scotland. She was 96 years old and she reigned for 70 years. That's a long time to have the same job. Right? But as is always the case when world leaders and heads of state pass away, people all over the world are mourning and sharing their feelings publicly in the press, on social media, from their balconies, just everywhere. Yeah. And one thing is safe to say, as the longest reigning monarch in British history, she has definitely left her mark. Yeah. I think that's the one thing everyone can agree on. Right. From Wondery, I'm Marisha Skinner-Williams. And filling in for Brooke Ziffrin, who's off this week, I'm Michaela Myers. It's Friday, September 9th. And you're listening to Rich and Daily. If you've been keeping up with Even the Rich, you've heard us talking about Monopoly Go. That's right. And we're going to keep talking about it. So playing Monopoly Go with your family and friends is truly a delight. Yeah, there's always something new to do, like partner events where you build on each other's boards, crazy tournaments where you can recruit your friends, or competitions to outdo them on the leaderboards. And we love competition. Yeah, we do. Too much. And if you want to play solo, there's timed events like obscenely massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees. It's honestly a really great pastime. Exactly. Compete with your friends and people all around the world to be the biggest Monopoly tycoon on the leaderboards. So join the fun and download Monopoly Go now, free on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. Richies, you know we love to shop, so it's only fitting that today's sponsor is Saks.com. Saks.com is the perfect place to find new style inspiration. Yeah, Saks.com has everything for your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for brunch, a bright Chloe blazer for that job interview, or Stodd's gold cowboy boots for a concert. These are all such different vibes, and literally all vibes I would love to be a part of, so that's fun. Oh, (laughs) yeah, definitely. So find inspiration for your new vibe every day at at Saks.com. Saks.com. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hello, Richies. So yesterday, we very quickly reported on the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, And today, like we mentioned yesterday, we're going to do a slightly deeper dive. So if anyone's like me and basically slept through history, (laughs) this is the episode for you. Um, The Queen joined us on this planet in 1926, and she became Queen in 1952 when she was only 25 years old. Yeah, so when her father, King George VI, died in 1952, after a very short 14-year reign, Mm. Elizabeth suddenly took over the throne and she became queen. Like you said, she was only 25 years old. I can't imagine getting (laughs) such a huge job. I wasn't emotionally ready to rent a car at 25, even though it was legal. I can't imagine ascending to the throne at this age. 
I just think of all the bad boyfriend decisions I made at 25. Yeah, and I still make. And I'm way (laughs) past 25. Like, ugh. And interestingly enough, this was not originally part of the royal plan. Her uncle, King Edward VIII, was technically next in line. Mm -hmm. You probably don't remember because you said you slept through history. (laughs) Um, Also, I have a bad memory. But if anyone's like watched The Crown on Netflix, they would know that he actually abdicated the throne in 1936. He chose love over royal succession. And his abdication meant that Elizabeth would be next in line after her dad. So when her dad died, she became queen. Huge deal. A huge deal. Elizabeth's coronation was in June of 1953 at Westminster Abbey. And it was, interestingly enough, the first ever televised coronation service. Yeah, I saw something, I think it was on Reddit, where they said her coronation was the first one televised. And her death was the first one tweeted. Talk about just spanning eras. Wait, like the first queen ever. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we absolutely did not have Twitter in the 50s. So that's kind of why. But it's just interesting to kind of look at how long she was alive. Right. And what she lived through. So she was the queen, but she didn't actually have any actual power and authority over British law. But she was the face of her country, and she did have to sanction all legislation that was passed by Parliament in the UK. Mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit, I know basically nothing about how the government works in this country, so <laughs> I'm really shooting from the hip when it comes to UK government. Yeah, it's um, very confusing. They have like a thousand is. parties. They, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but while she sat on that throne for 70 years, she certainly did a lot with that time. Yeah, I mean, she had 70 years, so we hope that she did something. Yeah, something. (laughs) Something. Something. So by the time she took the throne, the British Empire was already on the decline. India had become the first colony to break away in 1947. She became queen in 1952. So there was a few years where things had already kind of been moving towards a commonwealth. Mm -hmm. And during her reign, she oversaw that process in which the British Empire transformed into these sovereign nations. So there were eight member states when she started, and then today there are 54. So there were a lot that transitioned during that time. Mm. She's also credited with bringing the monarchy into the modern age. Like we said, her coronation was the first one to be televised, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But she also made TV appearances and spoke directly to the people, which she did because she knew that the public needed to see the royal family as like, if not just relatable, at least approachable. Yeah. And so she wanted to make them more familiar. So that's pretty smart, knowing that TV is the way to do that. People love TV. Yeah, it kind of gives me weirdly Jackie O vibes, because we talk about that on Even the Rich, available wherever you get your podcasts. Jackie O invited news crews into the White House and kind of showed them around. And it was just the first time that it almost kind of took down that barrier between the leader and the people that they're leading. Right. Like the disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Queen Elizabeth was also the first monarch to record an annual Christmas message on film, Mm -hmm. uh, which you can actually find on YouTube. Yeah. And throughout her reign, she continued to embrace new technology. She even sent out the first royal tweet in 2014. Yeah, and my grandmother still refuses to get Twitter, so she had her there. I don't think my grandmother knows what Twitter is, so... (laughs) So I think the big question, at least for people that are not at all familiar with monarchies, is now that the queen has passed, what's next? So like we've mentioned already a few times, 
the queen was in power for 70 years. So that means there hasn't been a transfer of power in over 70 years. And there are definitely going to be some major changes to the monarchy. Yeah. Now, for starters, we have Prince Charles, Elizabeth's oldest son, Mm -hmm. who is now the king. So at the age of 73, he's got a new job. And as somebody who's trying to retire the ripe age of (laughs) mid-30s, I can't imagine having to start a new job in my (laughs) mid-70s. What if he was like, oh, I really thought I would just outlive this. And now he has to start a new job at 73. Great. I got to get up and pack my lunch every day. God. Wear this crown. It's so damn heavy. Uh, So King Charles III is already assuming his duties and just addressed the nation for the first time as king, paying tribute to his mother, the queen. Queen Elizabeth was a life well lived, a promise with destiny kept. And she is mourned most deeply in her passing. That promise of lifelong service, I renew to all today. So what's next is that King Charles will eventually have his coronation ceremony, and it's going to take place at Westminster Abbey like his mother's did. But it is expected to be shorter and less expensive than his mom's um, because they want to reflect a more slimmed down and modern monarchy. Yeah. And there's no set date yet, but... I love this. Mm. It does have a code name, mm. which is Operation Golden Orb. I love that code name, but I will say it kind of contradicts their whole trying to be a little slimmed down. Yeah. Like Golden Orb just sounds so extravagant. It's funny because I, I was like, where did this name come from? How do we know about this? Is this real? So I looked it up and apparently it's a mistake that we know about it. It's it's mm. There's like a whole team of people, officials who are in charge of planning the coronation and have been for years, which I guess makes sense that they would be planning it yeah. in advance. I mean, because, you know, we're from the United States, so we're kind of putting everything through the context of, like, our leaders. And mm-hmm. everyone acts all crazy, at least according to television, when it comes to the president. Like, making sure that there's a very clear line of who steps up if something were to happen. So I'm not surprised it's the same here, too. It's just interesting that, like, in a way, it's kind of morbid because it's almost mm. like they're, like, ready for the queen to go at any time. So they have to be planning this years in advance, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, she was old. Yeah. But, um, and I guess that the name Operation Golden Orb only became public because it was accidentally left unredacted in a document, like, a few years ago. So that's how we know about it. But I think that's really funny. It sounds like a James Bond thing to me, so. I was just going to say, James Bond probably had to take out the person that left it unredacted. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So, of course, we don't know what his time on the throne is going to look like. We can only make predictions. But we do know that he's been a longstanding advocate for the fight against climate change, like even to the point of ridicule at times. And so he'll probably continue to do that during his reign. I should probably put on my clown makeup, but I'm hoping that there's going to be some kind of reparation talk or like... Oh, wouldn't that be great? Speaking to just... I mean, and I know we'll get into this in a little bit, but it sounds like they're reading the room at least a little bit since they're doing a slimmed down, less expensive coronation ceremony. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so you guys are aware of how the public feels. Right. Let's run with that. Let's let's, let's go with that. Yeah. And as for his wife, Camilla, she now becomes queen consort, meaning that she's the queen by default. It's more of a symbolic role than a formal one. She she can't really do anything. 
just because she's married to the king, essentially. Right, right. And then after King Charles, the next in line for the throne would be Prince William. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many graphics about the line of succession. I know. It's interesting. Does anyone else get major Lion King vibes? I did. <laughs> Looking at how Harry just gets pushed so far down every like time William has a kid. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had the same thought. I was like, he's Scar now. I never thought I would empathize with Scar, but I, <laughs> I get it. I see it as an adult now. But as we mentioned earlier, when global political figures pass, their deaths elicit some pretty strong reactions in people. Mm-hmm. And on social media yesterday, we had feedback from both sides. Like, everyone had an opinion. Everyone had opinions on people's opinions. Everyone had feedback. It was just, which is, this is the world we live in whenever something happens. Yeah. And not everyone is a fan of the royals and the history of British rule. But there are a lot of famous faces, celebrities, and other world leaders who flooded social media um, to share their condolences over the loss of Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, pretty much every leader in the world came out to say something, like give their condolences. Like President Biden and First Lady Jill, they released a statement saying, in a world of constant change, she was a steadying presence and a source of comfort and pride for generations of Britons, including many who have never known their country without her. I mean, most of us haven't known the world without her. Uh, No, just thinking about how she was queen before my parents were born. Yeah. It's just... Wild to me. Same here. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. Helen Mirren, who played Queen Elizabeth in the 2006 film, The Queen, said, I am proud to be an Elizabethan. We mourn a woman who, with or without the crown, was the epitome of nobility. And Sir Elton John posted on Instagram saying she was an inspiring presence to be around and led the country through some of our greatest and darkest moments with grace, decency, and a genuine caring warmth. Mm. Mm -hmm. So those were the nice things that people said. Those were pretty nice. I saw something that talked about how we should mourn the queen, but not her empire. It's a hard line to walk because it's like you, we can't ignore the history here. No. Like the things that have happened under her rule. And under the monarchy in general. Exactly. And it's like, I, I mean, I, half of my history is from a colonized country. Like I, right. I can't not say something to that. Yeah. But in the same space, I can appreciate the things that she did. She paved the way in a lot of different ways as being such a young queen and being a woman. I mean, this is a world where it can be very hard to be a woman. And she did a lot of work in that. So it's just it's been an interesting balance of being respectful to, you know, the passing of somebody. Somebody's died. This is, you know, she's got a huge family that's always sad, but then it's also respecting the people that have been oppressed from or have suffered from this monarchy. I think we passed it around, you and me and Liam and Brooke, to our group that we have where we pass around social media stuff. But I think like we passed this meme or video around of a woman who was like interviewed on the street and Mm, they were like, oh, are you sad about the queen passing? And it's been going around everywhere on social media. And she was like, I I think she handled it very well. Yes. And she kind of had that same sentiment of what you're saying. It was like, you know, it's sad when anyone dies. I'm sad for their family. It's, that's hard. But like, I'm not crazy about the monarchy and I'm not crazy about, you know, their history and colonialism and all that. And so I think it's okay to, like you said, to, you know, have respect for the person who died and understand that they're real people who have a family and that that's a loss, but also know that maybe the thing that she's a part of isn't the greatest thing, so. I mean, she was here for 96 years. She had a very long, very full life. Yeah. 
So the question is now, what is her legacy going to be? Her devotion to that same haircut. (laughs) (laughs) That grandma chic haircut. Why has it always been the same? Why? My grandmother... Nani, I love you. I don't think she listens to the show, but she has the same haircut. I wonder if it's a grandmother thing. They all do. All the grandmas have the same haircut. Once you know what you like, stick with it. I wonder if she started it. It's a hell of a legacy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Richies, as you head into the weekend, we want to let you know that we have a special treat for you. Now, like we mentioned yesterday, we literally got the news of the Queen's passing in the middle of recording. And Mm -hmm. I'll be damned. If we record an episode, I don't give it to you guys. So on Sunday, be sure to look out for a bonus episode of Rich and Daily, where we dive into one celebrity's transition from Hollywood's Glee Girl to Broadway's Funny Girl. Oh, I see what you did there. And that's all the hints you're going to get. Good <laughs> luck figuring out who I'm talking about. It's such a mystery. <laughs> from Wondery, I'm Arisha Skidmore-Williams. And I'm Michaela Myers, filling in for Brooke Ziffrin. This is Rich and Daily. If you like our show, please give us a five-star rating and a review. And be sure to tell your friends. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening right now. Our theme song is by Gems. Scott Velasquez is the music supervisor for Freeson Sync. Our sound engineers are Sam Ada and Victor Figueroa. Peter Johansson is our senior producer. Our writer-producers are Michaela Myers and Liam Garrow. Executive producers are Tina Rubio and Marshall Louie for Wondery. Have a great weekend, Richies. See you Sunday. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.